0: Albert passes the great Bambino on the RBI list, but the team loses in one of the worst ways possible. Recap of last night's game, including a few pitching positives and negatives to take from losing to the Pirates. Again, do the Cardinals have a clear-cut staff ace now? The front office announced an extension with one of their relief pitchers and the latest on the playoff picture as the final team punched their ticket to the postseason in the National League and the Cardinals will probably be playing them all on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. there Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern. I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I am your host for Locked on Cardinals, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast on Twitter at L.O. underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free And available wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're also available on YouTube. Make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification button, and comment so you can interact with us. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. So another day, another loss to the Pirates. All right, so it's not that big of a deal, but I hate losing. I absolutely hate losing. I'm like Brad Pitt in Moneyball. I don't have the good looks of Brad Pitt, but I hate losing more than I even want to win. That's one of his quotes from Moneyball. And I understand that in the grand scheme of things, these games against Pittsburgh don't mean anything in the standings or playoff seeds. But at the same time, you're losing to the Pirates in back-to-back games. <laughs> these are the same Pirates who are one loss away from triple-digit losses. And I know the Cardinals didn't put out their A squad last night as they choose to give some of their main guys some extra rest. Nolan Aranato, late scratch that freaked some people out online, but president of baseball operations and the giver of easily the most boring speech on Sunday during the Albert Yachty pregame ceremony, John Mosalak, said that the late change was precautionary with no reason to push through anything. So that could mean Nolan was maybe just a little bit sore. Maybe his back tightened up some. Perhaps he had a tummy ache. We don't know. We don't know. They didn't specify it, but they didn't seem all concerned about it either. So no Arnato in the lineup last night. Instead, they had Juan as at third. No Yachty, which is to be expected. So you had Kisner in there. No Tommy Edmond, which meant we got the black hole of hitting himself. Paul DeYoung in at shortstop. Is watching DeYoung hit one of the most painful experiences of the season? It's awful. It is a miracle when he even puts the ball in play anymore. Not to get a hit, just to make contact and put the ball in play. Three more strikeouts last night. And I know he's got a steady glove, but I still cannot believe the Cardinals never found a steady offensive option to back up the middle infielders. And I hope it doesn't bite them in the playoffs. I never thought I'd miss Pete Cosma so much in my life, but here we are. Where are you, Pete Cosma? But other than that, you still had uh, Donovan, Newbar, Goldie, Albert, Dickerson, who I guess with O'Neill out as your starting left fielder, Carlson in center. All of them took the field last night in Pittsburgh against the right-hander Mitch Keller. Now, in my mind, it's still a pretty competitive lineup, okay? Especially against the Pirates. And like I said, these games, they don't mean anything. They're basically a tool to get the guys who aren't hitting a chance to get right again. And for some guys who don't play much to get some at-bats and Get some in-game action because come playoff time, they're going to be right in the pine. So they're hopefully not going to have to play. Like a Paul DeYoung, who will probably make the postseason roster because he can play middle infield. He can play shortstop, and he's pretty good defensively. He just can't hit a lick. But hopefully they don't have to play unless something horrific happens that they would need to start. Heaven forbid that happens. Fingers crossed that that's not something that goes on. Uh, on the mound, they had former Pirate Jose Quintana starting, and the idea was to do exactly what they did, and that was to have him toss a couple of innings. Then Miles Michaelis would come in and do the same, hand things off to the bullpen, and their blueprint worked to a tee. The Cardinals use both Quintana and Michaelis for three innings in the game in Pittsburgh in their final appearances before getting starts in the best of three wildcard round. Manager Ali Marmel has not announced the team's rotation for that series, kind of waiting to see why uh, or who the Cardinals will be playing in the series that begins on Friday night at Busch Stadium. As of right now, it looks like it's going to be the Phillies. Uh, Quintana did not allow a run last night. through 38 pitches over three innings, allowed one hit, one walk. He did allow a leadoff single in the first, but then he retires seven of the uh, other eight hitters that he faces. Getting a double play after a walk in the third. And is it crazy to say that Jose Quintana has been the Staff 8s since they got him? Let me drop the stats on you. Three and two on the season with the Cardinals. His ERA, though, now down to 2.01 since joining the team. And in his last six starts in September and now October from last night, he's two and one with an ERA of 0.81. That's absurd. Now, sure, he faced the Nationals, the Pirates twice, he faced the Reds, but. He also faced the Dodgers and the Brewers in that same time frame, shut out the Dodgers for six and two thirds and only gave up one run to Milwaukee in five innings. If there has been a downside at all to what Jose Quintana has done since he got here, it's that he doesn't go deep into games and he won't throw seven, eight innings normally. But that's about all you can complain about. He's been that good. Uh, Last night, the two teams were scoreless until the sixth inning when Goldschmidt hits a leadoff single and then. Albert Pujols steps up to the plate, does what he does best against the Pirates, and that's it, home runs. (laughs) His 24th of the season, he zipped it down the line over the left field wall to give the Cardinals a 2 to nothing lead, and the home run not only added to his career total, giving him 703, but it also put him past the Sultan of Swat, the King of Crash, the Colossus of Clout, Babe Ruth, the Great Bambino for second on the all-time RBI list. I'll have more on this moment later on in the show in segment two, so stick around for that. Uh, Back to the mound where Michaelis came in next for Ali and followed the same plan as Quintana. Throws three innings. Oddly enough, he only threw 38 pitches, too. uh, Strange that they both only had to throw 38 to get through three innings. A little less effective than Jose. Gave up one run on three hits. Didn't walk anyone, but he also didn't strike out anyone either. For those keeping score at home, the runoff Michaelis came across after he allowed two doubles in the sixth inning following the Pujol Stinger, and for my ultra stat geeks, here's a good one for you. Last night was Michaelis's first relief appearance since July 31st of 2013. That's when he played with the San Diego Padres, and uh, that ended a streak of 115 consecutive starts for Miles. Again, Michaelis, Quintana, they were both just getting in their reps as they prep for the postseason start, so I'm not concerned about the lack of strikeouts. These two, they're ready to go when the real games begin. Uh, the bullpen, however, some good, but mostly bad last night. Steven Matz. How about Steven Matz? Worked a one two three seventh. He looks great, and he's ready to do his part out of the bullpen in the wildcard series, whether long relief, whether it's one inning, whatever you need out of them. That's a pretty cool weapon to have for Ollie in the postseason. But Andre Palante gives up that uh, leadoff home run in the eighth inning to tie the game 2-2, and then. Oi, Giovanni Gallegos absolutely craps the bet in the ninth inning. He walks the bases loaded with nobody out. Ali comes out, pulls him to bring in JoJo Romero against O'Neill Cruz, and he throws four straight balls out of the zone, walks in the winning run. Cardinals lose three to two. Just a hideous, absolutely hideous performance by Gallegos and Romero in the ninth inning. I mean, four straight walks to walk in the winning run against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now, for those of you who listen to the podcast regularly, you know my disdain for walks. And for those of you who are are new here, I hate walks. I'd rather see somebody hit the ball 500 feet off a pitcher who was attacking the zone than watch a pitcher dance around the zone, continuously walk hitters. It's boring. It's inexcusable. And it just brings the entire team down. Watching it happen as a guy who used to play the game and was on the infield. And when somebody would come in and out throw strikes, you're like, oh, my gosh, shoot me now. Like you just went out of there. It's the worst thing that can happen. And in a game that doesn't mean anything, you didn't have the nuts to throw strikes and make the Pittsburgh Pirates hit the ball to beat you. That's awful. That's awful. Not exactly the outing you want to see, especially after the good news. The Gallegos received earlier in the day. We'll have more on that coming up in segment two as well. But that makes it back-to-back losses for the Cardinals versus Pittsburgh with two games remaining on the season. Up next, we're going to go deeper into that historic moment that was the Albert Pujols' home run on Monday night and why the Gallegos family should be celebrating, which you know kind of makes his performance last night even more of a head-scratcher. We'll be doing that next on Locked on Cardinals. Now, BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. You should know this by now. Whether it's NFL, college football, BetOnline.net is the site you need to have bookmarked and saved for whenever you want to put a wager down on your favorite teams or just games that you're interested in. You can find all of the latest player developments, see matchups, news. They've got podcasts, in-depth articles, Analysis They got it all on every game you can find, and as always, bet online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport that's out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events. And as prominent as football is, that's not the only thing going on, they don't stop there with bet online. That includes Major League Baseball. You got the playoffs coming up this weekend, you want to put a friendly wager down on the Cardinals. Go for it. MMA, boxing, golf, the uh, Shriners Children's Open coming up this weekend in Las Vegas. Week five of the NFL season will start on uh, Thursday. You got the Colts at the Broncos. You got some major running back injuries to keep an eye on in that one with Javante Williams out for the the, the Broncos and then Jonathan Taylor for the Colts banged up a bit. Not sure if he's going to play yet. A lot of things up in the air for that one, but it's fun. Putting a wager down, something you could afford. Don't go crazy and just lose all your money. Don't don't do that. But be smart about it. Head to betonline.net and use your mobile device to learn more about it. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Despite the frustration on how things ended in Pittsburgh last night, the game will not be remembered for that, not in the slightest. That's not what's going to happen. It's going to be remembered for the home run, that Albert Pujols hit in the sixth inning that not only gave the Cardinals a lead, but also set several career milestones. First off, we mentioned home run number 703 in his Hall of Fame career, which has him in fourth place all time behind Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, and Babe Ruth. It was also the 263rd go-ahead home run in his career, which pushed Pujols ahead of Barry Bonds, who had 262 for the most in Major League history, dating back to 1961 per Elias Sports Bureau. In fact, nine of his past 12 long balls have either tied the game or put the Cardinals into the lead. And I've said that repeatedly, that these home runs he's hitting, they're not meaningless home runs. These aren't home runs that are just when the Cardinals are up a lot or down a lot, where there's no game on the line. They're huge situations where he's coming through, where he's being clutch. Also, Monday's home run was the 370th of Pujol's 22-year career on the road, tying him with Hall of Famer Hank Aaron for second all-time in that category bonds is the all-time NLAL leader in that category with 383 road home runs so he's not going to catch him it was the 35th home run of the career of his career at pnc park putting him just ahead of the pirates brian reynolds for career home runs at pnc among active pirates players now the next closest home run total at pnc park among visiting players is anthony rizzo who we know played with the cubs for a long time he has 17 home runs but he's now in the American League with the Yankees. So unless he gets traded back to the National League and finishes up his career, he ain't going to catch Albert. Uh, Albert has really enjoyed hitting against the Pirates over the years. I have the stats to prove it. 35 home runs at PNC Park, the most of uh, his career at any visiting ballpark. In total, he has a .375 batting average, 35 bombs, 99 RBIs at PNC Park in 101 career games. Crazy. And it's 57 home runs against the Pirates. That's the third most against any team for Albert in his career, behind only the Astros. He's hit 62 off of Houston, and then the Cubs, who he's hit 59 off of. He's now homered seven times this season against Pittsburgh, and he's taken them deep in three of his last four games, including number 701 on Friday, 702 on Sunday, and now 703 on Monday. And as I mentioned earlier, the two-run shot moved him past Babe Ruth into second place for the most RBIs. In MLB history, with 2,216, he trails only Hank Aaron. He's not going to catch Hank, but wow, that's that's incredible stuff. Lost in all of the home run hoopla that's happened this year, trying to get Albert to 700 has been this RBI mark, which I don't think has gotten quite the recognition I believe it deserves. I mean, come on, anytime you pass Babe Ruth, that's that's something huge. Albert's now hitting 333 in his last seven games. Three home runs, eight RBIs. On base percentage of 429 because he's taking walks too. his second half stats improved to 321, 18 dingers and 46 knocked in with an OPS of 1.104. And on the season, the machine is now hitting 269 with 24 home runs and 66 RBIs age 42. That's incredible. Uh, Giovanni Gallegos, he had a a reason to be smiling before the game started last night when it was announced that he and the Cardinals had come to an agreement on a two-year extension with a club option for a third. Gallegos is 31 years old, has a career-tying high of 14 saves this season, but has mostly been a setup man for closer Ryan Helsley. Now, saves are kind of blown out of proportion these days because Ali tends to use Helsley in roles where... He's not necessarily going to get a save, but he's going to come in and shut down the other team in the biggest moment when his the other team's best players are up there. So I don't care about saves anymore. That's fine. Um, so Gallegos has got 14 because he started the season as the closer, but Helsley clearly a more dominant pitcher, even though Gallegos has been pretty good. Now, even after last night's brutal outing where he walked three in a row, He's got a 3-6 and record on the season with a 3.05 ERA to go along with the 14 saves. That's good. According to John Denton at MLB.com, Gallegos battled through midseason struggles and emerged as 7th in the National League among qualified relievers in width at 1.02. And 15th in batting average against at 197. His second half improvement has brought the batting average against by lefties to 226, which is closer to how he smothers righties at a 175 average. He does it with his fastball, the changeup, and slider, which clearly impressed the team enough to lock him up for the next couple of seasons. Now, the Cardinals' bullpen as a whole, despite the interchanging of personnel and parts all season, I'm not going to go through all of them (laughs) because there's been a bunch, but they rank fourth in the National League in ERA at 3.67, fifth in fewest walks allowed with 212, and fifth in fewest home runs allowed with 59. The final playoff roster, it's still yet to be determined, but the team has got options from both the right and left side to work with for the postseason. And Gallegos, despite last night's outing, will certainly be a part of any success that this team has in the month of October. So let's hope last night's hiccup was just that, just a hiccup, and then he's ready to roll this weekend. Um, We're going to do an update on Tyler O'Neill's injury. Some new information has been released and another look at the updated playoff picture We'll do that next right here on Locked on Cardinals. So Tyler O'Neill been out for a while with that hammy issue, took several at-bats in a simulated game on Monday afternoon in Pittsburgh. He is expected to do the same on Tuesday and Wednesday as the Cardinals try to determine if his sore hamstring is healthy enough for him to be on the roster for the wild card round. The Cardinals did bring a taxi squad to Pittsburgh that included O'Neill. Uh, Jordan Hicks, who was very close to returning as well. Still not sure if we're gonna see him uh in this Pittsburgh series. I would personally, I'd like to see him get out there for an inning. Whether they think it's necessary or not, that's up to Ollie and the guys. Um infielder Nolan Gorman's on this taxi squad, catcher Yvonne Herrera, and lefty relievers Packy Naughton and Henesis Cabrera. Could one or more of them be added to the postseason roster? We shall see. Again, watching the young hit or try to hit, or whatever the hell he calls that at the plate. It makes my eyeballs hurt. Can Gorman really be worse than this? Like, can he? It'd be be tough. (laughs) I mean, I'm not even kidding. DeYoung barely puts the ball in play. He's awful. He's so bad. Is that really giving the Cardinals the best chance to win when he comes to the plate? I don't know, man. I'm just so over it uh playoff picture the phillies are in and the brewers are out that happened last night with their three to nothing win over the astros they lock up the final nl wildcard spot ending an 11 year playoff drought in philadelphia but we still don't know where anyone is officially seated in the national league playoff picture except for the dodgers who are at number one and then the cardinals at number three or number three in the nl east race where everything's all crazy The Mets caught a break after their game with Washington was washed away as the Braves fell to the Marlins in their series opener, bringing them within one and a half games with three games left on their schedule. If Atlanta loses again on Tuesday, New York can even the race on the final day if it sweeps its doubleheader with Washington. The Braves can clinch the division with a win or a Mets loss on either Tuesday or Wednesday, though, as they hold the tiebreaker. I'm, trying, I'm making sure I'm reading this all properly so it makes sense because I didn't write this part. This is all on MLB.com, so I know it can be confusing. With either the Mets or Braves claiming the top spot in the NL wildcard table, the Padres and Phillies are fighting for a date with the division runner-up in the first round. After beating the Giants on Monday, the Padres hold a one-game advantage. A win and a Phillies loss, two straight wins, or two Phillies losses would give the Padres the second berth, as Philadelphia holds the tiebreaker. So what we're looking at here is you've got Atlanta or New York. One of them is going to be the two. One of them is going to be the four. Padres and Philly still trying to figure out who was five and six, but the Padres hold, like, the edge right now as the number five seed with Philly being in at number six. So that's what we're looking at today. In the American League, the Blue Jays locked up the top spot in the AL wildcard race after beating the Orioles in a range-shortened game and the Mariners lost to the Tigers. With that, the American League bracket is almost set. The Mariners have a one-and-a-half game lead over the Rays for the second seed in the wildcard round and a trip to Toronto. They can clinch the second berth with a win and a Rays loss, two wins or two Rays losses, as Tampa Bay dominated the season series to take the tiebreaker. So that's what's going on on both sides in the playoff picture. Uh, I did speak with Connor over at Locked on Phillies today, who, uh, by the way, was drinking champagne in our video chat. I mean, it's been 11 years since they've made the playoffs, so (laughs) let them have their fun. Uh, But he said, I I asked him, I go, so are you guys thinking you're going to even try to win the next couple of days to, you know, scoot up there and take over the Padres? And he said, no, most definitely not trying to move up and play New York or Atlanta and uh, are more than happy to more than happy to lose the next couple of days against Houston. So they can face the Cardinals in round one. That's what I think they're shooting for. He said, it's going to be a hangover day <laughs> against the Astros. So he wouldn't expect them to uh, play very well at all. So Cardinals Phillies looks like the matchup it's going to be in the uh, opening round of the wild card series at Bush stadium this weekend. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast Locked On MLB on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. First pitch tonight for the Cardinals in Pittsburgh at 535 St. Louis time again. Dakota Hudson is expected to start with Jack Flaherty available to pitch in a relief role to get him ready for the postseason. Heck, Dakota, he's still fighting for a spot as the team tries to snap their two-game losing streak. So we'll see how it all goes down tonight. As always, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and myself personally at JD Sports Radio. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.